Hey, this is Pat from Down, and you're listening to Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with your host, Dr. Fuck, and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley. Kick on back and listen to another exciting episode. It's time for the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast! Hello, it's me, Dr. Fuck, with... Yeah! The Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley, and we're back again to give you another expensive... Yes, this is a very expensive episode, because it cost Ian a lot of money to buy that beer, but if you fucks would get on the Amazon link and fucking buy some shit through the Amazon link, our boy Ian here can get free beer. Okay? Yeah, yeah like Andrew Jacobs. He's buying me a lot of beer, and I appreciate it. Thank I, you. Bro. I don't know if you noticed, today I did some Amazon shopping. Did you oh. see that? Yeah. No, I didn't check today. Yeah, I bought so I was too things. drunk. I bought hey, several. Thank you. Huh? I said thank you. You're welcome. Anyway, so before we get into the news, and by the way, Ian... I know you're a busy guy. I know you've been a little too busy, so for a change, I'm gonna do the news this week because I wanted you to chill. Thank you, brother. Because you've been very busy. But before we get into the news, I'm gonna explain how actually I've been busier than you, but since you're a lazy fuck, I, I figure I'd do it. But. True story. I am now a DJ at thatmetalstation.com. That's right. You heard me right. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And after the show, if you're listening on that metal station, I come on right after this, and I, which is uh, 11, um, 8 p.m. One. on Thursdays and 1 p.m. on Sundays. So uh, my my show premieres tomorrow, but we're recording this on Wednesday. So, uh, but you can hear this on Sunday. I hope you're listening to that metal station. That way you can tune in. Because that, uh, the Dr. Fuck show is very different from uh, the podcast. I want to make them different. I don't want to do anything that I would do on the podcast on my show. I don't want to take anything away from the podcast. So in no way my, no way my um, show is going to take away from this podcast. Other than, you know, I am going to have news and pick of the week. But I'm just kidding, Ian. <laughs> uh, I'm pick of the kidding. moment. Yeah, Can you change it to pick of the moment? Yeah, that's right. I have I have uh, current events and pick of the moment. That's what I have. <laughs> Neither do I have. But that's right. Thank you, Scott Green, for having the balls to have me on. And let's see. Let's see how much balls you have. Let's see. Uh, do you want to take a waiver how, long, how soon they fire me? No way. You're in it to win it. You're going right. to be let's, there. Let's just hope he doesn't get offended of, you know, the crazy shit I go. Because I run amok. And I play nothing but rare tunes, uh, like songs you may have never heard before, demos, rare live tracks, and, you know, some some deep tracks from albums that, you know, I mean, I'll give you an example, even though it's not on my show, but like Sun and Steel off Peace of Mind. You know, that's a good example of a t- deep track off an album that some of you may know. That's what I do. I'll play a deep track to some albums you may know that you never hear on the radio, not even internet radio. I pride myself on being as wacky as I am. Anyway, enough of my show. Just stay tuned. If you're listening to that metal station right now, stay tuned because after this ends, 
the fucking wackiness continues. So well, I, I would like I would like to add something about your show. Right. Uh, a little in- info for the listeners. Uh, you don't have to be in front of your computer to listen to that metal station. Uh, of, of course, you can listen on your computer. That's awesome. But if you're on the move, if you're on, you know, uh, you got internet in your car, you got your cell phone or whatever, all you have to do is go to the TuneIn Radio app, which is a free app. You go into there and then you type in that metal station. So if you're on the go, if you ain't home when Dr. Fuck's on the air, but you got your phone on you, you can listen to this show. You know, no matter where you're at, if you got a cell phone, you can listen to Dr. Fuck. And I think that's awesome. Because you don't have to be straight, you know, stuck in front of the computer. You can be on the go and still enjoy your awesome new show. That's right. And I guarantee if you win, uh, my my show is a lot of bastard children will be spawned. Because I know a lot of people that listen to me are the type of people to rip and dip. You know what that means. Ejaculate inside a girl and run out. That's not cool. I don't condone it, but then at the same time, I don't tell people what to do. But... I'm just saying, I'm just letting you guys know that. Also, I want to say another thing. I have another band. Yeah. I started a new band. It's a hardcore crossover band, and we're called Louisville Slaughter. And uh, it's going to be awesome. Uh, the band is already intact. We have all members. And I expect to hear something, not soon, because we haven't wrote a song yet, but we have all got together. It's all friends of ours. We're all cool with each other. And get ready, because Louisville Slaughter is has formed. <laughs> All right. And that shows, you know, it just shows you. It, I mean, I, my, my plate is so full. I have two bands. Well, technically three bands. I don't know about combat if it's still around. It might be. I think we are. So we got three bands. I got three bands. I got this podcast show. I got my reviews on YouTube. I got a city job. I got uh, more than one girl that I see. And even I even have time to go to the local jail and stand at the fence and start laughing at inmates. I mean, I am so busy. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so enough of that. Hey, Ian, I got news. All right, let's hear it. All right, the first news, Bruce Dickinson came out and said, Hey, I didn't know Tears of a Clown was about Robin Williams. He tells the story how he went in and Steve Harris wrote the lyrics to this song, right? So he goes in there and he sings the song. Then after he's done, he goes up to Steve and he goes, Hey, Steve, those lyrics are really cool. What's it about? And Steve goes, Oh, they're about Robin Williams. Isn't it? Don't you find that odd? I mean, don't you think Steve should have told Bruce this so that way Bruce can, you know, deliver it like how he would if he knew it was about Robin Williams? Don't you think... Like, if somebody, I mean, hey, man, uh, Willie. Well, I mean, I don't know what. Huh? I mean, what's he going to do different? Dress up like Miss Doubtfire while he sings the song? No, but he can deliver it differently. You know, he can end it with Nanu Nanu or some shit. I don't know. I mean, it would have made it better for me. There you go. He would have said Shazbot. At least once in the song, say Shazbot. Or, you know, just say, just go in there and think, fuck Robin Williams. I'm going to sing about Clyde Burr. Right? Right? There you there you go. Would have made a better song. Yep. It would have been called Tears of an Excellent Drummer. All right. Sure. And also, another another thing Bruce Dickinson said, and it became quite controversial online, was Bruce Dickinson came out and said, the first Iron Maiden album sounds like a sack of shit. 
Now, before you say anything, Ian, I have something to say about that. And this is what I got to say. Number one, my favorite Iron Maiden album is the first one. But at the same time, I don't have a problem with Bruce Dickinson saying that it sounds like a sack of shit because that's his opinion. Now, if this fucking world can accept people's opinions, even if they differ from people, from other people, you know, it'd make the world a better place. Like today, I put up this thing on my Facebook saying, because today's the 30th anniversary that Eddie and Sammy hooked up. And I wrote, 30 years ago today, the nightmare began. And I had all these people. David Lee Roth's a clown. Uh, Sammy Hanger. It's like, shut up! It's my opinion! You fuck! And Bruce Dickinson, even though, you know, come on, man. I really don't see what the fuck is so bad about the production on the first album, but I respect the guy's opinion. All I gotta say is, man, you know that part in Running Free when it goes, that part, God, I, I'm glad that that dude produced it, whoever it was. It's so crunchy sounding. I, I believe I, his name was, I believe it was Will Monroe was his name. I think. Will Monroe was, Will Monroe was okay with me, but he's not okay with Bruce Dickinson. He's not okay with Steve Harris either. I've heard Steve Harris complain about the album, but that's their opinion. That's their fucking band. So shut the fuck up, all you fucking people whining about Bruce Dickinson complaining about the first album. I heard people say, well, the last Iron Maiden's album sounds like shit. Bruce ain't wants to talk. Hey, man, shut up. That's his opinion. Doesn't that paint me in a different picture of this Iron Maiden Bruce Dickinson hater? By the way, I'm on drugs. Hey, you uh, have anything to say about that, Ian? Yes. Oh, my God. Sounds like the tears of a clown. Uh, no, you're absolutely right. Steve Harris has been very vocal. He hates the production on the first one. Uh, a lot of people complain about it, but I like it. But then again, I love, like, some poorly produced, like, punk albums, but the aggression and the feeling is there. And that's what I get with the first Iron Maiden. It sounds like a hungry band. But, you know, Steve doesn't like Steve. hates punk. You know, he wants it to be, uh, you know, he wants you to spray some Glade on that motherfucker and polish it. That's why the new albums sound like they do. Almost, it's just too, too sterile for me. I I miss that. Even you know Martin Birch's production, while it's it's spot on, it still retains energy and feeling. Where I I think the newer production really strips away a lot of that, and I'm I'm not the biggest fan of that. But I love the, the first Iron Maiden. I prefer Killers now. But uh, I, I love the first album. I have no issues with it. I used to prefer Killers, believe it or not. For, for years and years, I thought, now Killers is our best album. But you know what, man? It's like, no. You know, that first Iron Maiden for me is so special. It, it, but Killers is, is my second favorite. Oh, oh I, 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 I love it too. But I'm, I'm a huge, huge Deano era fan. And I, and I know you are as well. I mean, there's just, those albums, I don't think there's a bad on any of them there's not one bad track it's nope. just magic and i and i am a yeah. huge fan of uh the first three dickinson albums were made him huge i love those albums i listen to those albums yeah. almost as much as the deano stuff it's just because i don't like the stuff after that people think oh you're just a deano fan no you know i mean i like deano more than dickinson i mean there are a few tracks off well no you know believe it or not this is a weird thing about me um Number of the Beast, there's two songs I don't like off it. Uh, Peace of Mind, I'm not a, the biggest fan of uh, Quest for Fire. And 
I know this is unpopular to say, but Revelations hasn't grown uh, on me. I oh, mean, I used oh. to love it. I used to love it, man. It's just oh, I love still, that song. It's still a good tune, but it's not as great as it was for me. I just think it hasn't aged well for me. Now, Power Slave, I love the whole freaking album. Yet, I still like the two. I, I look, Iron Maiden. I like their albums in order. My favorite, the first one. Then Killers. Then Number of the Beast. Then Peace of Mind. Then Power Slave. You know, that's how I, I number them. They, they are in order. And just because I, I like Power Slave less than the, the four before, uh, it's it still, I give it a 10. All those albums are just fucking great, man. So that's all I got to say about that. You want me to go into the next news story? I'm new at this, man. I'm loving it. Yeah, next story. All right, the next story, Motorhead has a whiskey. Did you know this? No. Motorhead just released a brand of whiskey. It's Motorhead branded whiskey. Now, I'm not really good at this news thing, so I didn't really read how much percent was alcohol, what type of whiskey it was. That's why, Ian, you you really got to get your shit together. Because look how horrible I'm doing. But Oh, you're doing fine. All right, but I'll tell you this. It's like, didn't Lemmy have to taste this like to approve it? And well, let me show one would hope so. Maybe they got filthy animals. One would hope do so. It. Hopefully they got filthy animals to do it. You know, uh, so many bands, you know, Iron Maiden now has two beers. Uh, ACDC just put out a rocker bus. Oh, that beer. was part of my news, man. That's coming up. We'll talk about that when oh, we get oh, there. We'll talk about it later. But, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, Jeff Tate has his wine. So, a lot of bands. Have, uh, Motorhead had a wine uh, before they had a whiskey, I know. And I hate wine with a passion. I've never tasted a wine that doesn't taste like dirty socks. Even though I've never tasted dirty socks, but I imagine they taste like what wine tastes like. Well, you know, but, you uh, know I, you, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I would hope that, you know, they're, they're involved at some point and give it a stamp of approval. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. A lot of times, if it's going to be sponsored by a band, you're going to be paying twice as much than what it's probably worth. I mean... It looks cool uh, as fuck, though. That bottle looks awesome. It has, you know... Oh, I'm, sna- sure, I'm sure it, it does. Snaggletooth sure on it. It's awesome. Well, uh, but, uh, you, you know what I, I consider worse than Jeff Tate's wine is when Jeff Tate whines. Like, oh, Queensryche was never a great <laughs> band. Oh, uh, The Warning wasn't a great album. I'd rather drink a fucking gallon of that shit so I wouldn't hear fucking Ernie from Sesame Street talk. Or was it Bird? I don't care. Who cares? All right. Next story. Okay. Tommy Lee came out and said that Lars Ulrich is straight out of tempo, which is <laughs> making, fun, making fun of his drumming. Uh, well, to me, it's kind of like, shut up, Tommy Lee. You're straight out of integrity, okay? I mean, you... Thank you. You, you are in Motley Crue for a paycheck, okay? You don't yeah. like You don't like what you're doing now. You're doing it for money. You're a sellout. And I really despise you. You're a trendoid. When this is over, you're back to your techno. Unless there's a new trend that comes along that buries techno. Then you'll jump on that. Because Tommy Lee was into metal. Then he was into hair metal. Then he was into new metal. Then he was into grunge. And now he's into techno. Make up your right. mind. And he, and he was a rapper. Don't forget Methods of Mayhem. All right, yeah, and he rap. Okay, there you go. I mean, this guy, you know, he's he's as he's as bright as the women he dates. 
Uh, what do you think of uh, Tommy Lee making fun of all Lars? And <laughs> Lars is such an easy target. It's so predictable. Why don't you make fun of like some other drummer that you don't like? Oh no, because no, he's not that easy of a target. Fuck that shit. Well, there, there's a lot of history with the with the Motley Crue Megadeth thing. Uh, Metallica. You know, there was the or, or Metallica thing. Uh, you know, the infamous thing where where Tommy and Nikki chased him down the fucking street in high heels to to kick the shit out of Lars when he was talking shit about Motley Crue, and Lars ran like a bitch. And then Lars uh, went on to make fun of, uh, when they appeared at that horrible appearance on the American Music Awards, when they got Vince back, and uh, Lars ragged on him for, play, you know, it's obvious a backing track, you're playing with all this shit, and then Nikki put this, you know, big thing up on the web, like, fuck you, we know that bullshit, you know, live symphony album you did was all Pro Tools. And a lot of shit was touched up, so they're like, you know, it's like the pot calling the kettle black. Everybody bags on uh, Lars's drum and hell. Metallica wanted to fucking kick him out for Christ's sake. But, uh, you know, it, it's just, you know, it's a jealousy thing because, you know, eventually, Mega, I mean, Metallica totally eclipsed Motley Crue in popularity and sales. And, you know, they're they're both butthurt. They hate each other. And uh, It's funny. It's a couple little bitches whining. But, yeah, uh, both of them are overrated drummers, in my opinion. So, fuck them both. Well, uh, I gotta tell you, I think, well, I, I disagree. I think they're both great drummers. Uh, well, Lars kind of like has slipped a bit, but I think early Metallica had some great unorthodox type drumming. I feel like I wouldn't want to hear some, you know, it's, I wouldn't want to hear perfect drumming on those early albums. I thought Lars did a great job. And I'll be honest with you. I mean, I seen the last time I saw Metallica was on the load tour. What was that? 95, 96. And he was horrendous. He was horrible. And I never went to go see Metallica. But my neighbor gave me a free copy of that 3D movie they put out. Uh, whatever it's called. To the Never. Yeah. Yeah, I never saw it. I watched it. And believe it or not, I, I was kind of uh, taken back how good Lars played drums on that movie. Uh, that mo- well, maybe, I, maybe it was touched up. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, it maybe, up. Maybe, maybe it was CGI. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, but I, I gotta tell you, since you haven't seen the movie, this is my review. The concert footage is fucking amazing. They play Ride the Lightning, a big, uh, a big electric chair comes down. Uh, they play uh, Master Puppets, all these big crosses come up on the stage. Uh, you know, and Justice for All, the statues, everything. All the songs had some cool visual things to go with it. Where you know, I watched the extras of the DVD, and they said like to do that show was super expensive. So they only did like two or three shows like that in Canada where they used all these crazy props. But when, when they played Unforgiven, did a big pussy drop down? <laughs> I don't know. Did they play that one? I can't remember. You know what? My favorite part of the whole movie was the credits. Uh, they always play that shit. Oh, they probably did. But <laughs> during the credits was awesome because they were playing in, a, in an empty arena and they were doing an amazing version of my all-time favorite Metallica song, Orion. I thought it was really good. True Hero, oh, nice. True Hero did a great job on that one. I love great bass player, amazing bass player. I loved the movie, but I hated the story of the kid, and it was so stupid. I mean, there were cool scenes, like you know, like people like a riot and people hanging, all this crazy shit and car accidents. Yeah, visually there was some cool parts, but as far as the story goes, the plot of it. It was fucking stupid. It sucked. But the the show part 
Like, they should release a version where it's just a show. Because I, I really... And actually, to tell you the truth, I only watched it once. And, I, and that was like, ooh, maybe like a year ago or so. But I did dig it. I did dig the, the show portions. And I haven't been into Metallica forever. You know, but... I gotta say, I was quite impressed. I was impressed by Lars's drumming in that movie. But then again, it could have it could have been CGI. The next story. Oh, do you have something to say about this? No, you already. No, wait. Next story. Next story. Next story. Chicago Cubs are blaming yes. UCDC for messing up their playing field. True story. Now, what what happened? Like when the show was over, did Angus get on a monster truck and start like rummaging through this field of uh, like? You know, popping wheelies and like you know, like burning rubber on the ass on the on the false uh, the fake fucking well, grass. Is that what happened? Well, no, it, it's it's real grass. I love Wrigley Field, very sacred to me as you know, a, you know, a, a, a Cubs fan, and it, it's holy ground. But uh, what happened, I think, was I mean, of course, you have to set up this massive stage, and I'm assuming what happened is it put such huge divots into the ground they were blaming it like a guy's running to catch a ball and he trips in a fucking big hole in the fucking you know grant because of this massive stage they set up and i think they just didn't take proper precautions to protect the field but i think that falls more on the groundskeeping there that should have checked after the show and go oh fuck we got a big hole here let's fill it put some grass down so i mean i mean maybe Maybe ACDC's crew could have done more to protect it, but they should have checked that shit after the show. And I had a lot of friends who went to that show, uh, you know, said it was amazing. I believe we talked about this in last week's episode. Uh, said it was incredible, said Steve did an amazing job. And everybody I know went, had a wonderful time. And, uh, you know, uh, my beloved Cubs are cursed anyway, and they'll never fucking win anything. So, uh, you know, fuck it. If you want to blame ACDC this year, hey, that's this year's scapegoat is ACDC. Oh, well, my band, Louisville Slaughter, is all about, like, killing people that like baseball. Oh, well, there you go. The lyrics to the song. We have a song called Louisville Slaughter. I actually wrote this song for Thrash or Die. The I thought are... it was Louis... Louisville Slaughter. That's what I said, Slaughter. Oh, oh okay. I thought you said Slaughter. Oh, I thought it... Maybe I was. Who knows? But the, the lyrics are like, you know... I'm Louisville Slaughter, Matt Batter gone insane. I'm Louisville Slaughter, I hate this fucking game. Cause it's one, two, three, you're dead at the old ball slain. Thank you. Alright. Do you do a do you do a cover of Fly to the Angels? No. But, Slaughter? No, but we should. Uh we I do want to write a song called uh, the Baseball Fury. Yes. There, oh nice. Yes. Warriors yes. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, next well, staying on the ACDC thing, like you mentioned earlier, they have a beer called Rocker Bust Inspired Beer. Uh, like I said, you got to start doing the news, bro. I didn't see how much percent alcohol was in it. I don't even know if they're releasing in the United States. But the cans look cool. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's go to the next one. This one sucks. Next story. This one sucks. Dan Lilliker okay. came out and said, hey, man, there, ain't yeah. no SOD. there is no SOD reunion. Billy, Billy Milano made that shit up. Um, but, you know, maybe, maybe, uh. Maybe there will be a reunion, you know, uh, but as, as of now, uh, Dan Lilliker said that Billy Milano was talking. He didn't even mention this shit to Scott and Charlie or Dan. He just ran with it, and uh, that story now is not true as of now. Yeah. Don't that yeah, And what I, what, what I thought uh, was really shitty 
what I thought was really shitty was some other comments made by Scotty and where like, uh, you know, he's like, they shouldn't have done the other, you know, they shouldn't have done anything after the first album. I disagree. I love Bigger Than the Devil. I think it was a great album. I love the fucking shit out of it. And uh, I'd love to see him do something more. But I tell you, I love some fucking anthrax. But anytime you get Charlie and fucking Scott involved, somebody always gets fucked over. And, uh, you know, Billy said he, he swore he'd never do it again. But, you know, and he, and he also swore he was retired. So did Dan Lilker, uh, you know. Yeah, there but was I the, would love to see something. I there, would love to see something because I never got to see SOD. So they were supposed to do you know, a band I, called United Forces, and that never happened. Uh, Scott, yeah. I mean, um, Billy and Dan were supposed to do a, a band like it was supposed to kind of like be the continuation of SOD under a different name, but that didn't happen. Right? But, uh, what a drag. Okay, next story. Uh, next Tom, story. Tom Mariah came out and said. Slayer fans are are crazy. True. And uh, in related news, I told this guy yesterday that water was wet. (laughs) Uh, Okay, and the last story, which segues great into our program this week, Slayer has cracked the top five. They are number four on the Billboard charts. This is their highest uh, charting uh, album ever. And... uh, now we're going to talk about the album. Hey, you know, I wasn't that bad with the news. I think you did a tremendous job. You're fired. But I'm drunk. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. When you sober up, you'll be like, God, man, he didn't even get the percentage uh, of alcohol for both the Motorhead and ACDC beverages. Yeah, fucking <laughs> spick. I know that's what you're thinking, you fucking racist. I know you really want the, the rebel flag. You're just lying when you say you're against it. I know it. Go ahead. Look at me in the eye and tell oh, me. I, wait, I wait, wait. It. No, no. Look at me in the eye and tell me. First, take off that hood, okay? Take off your fucking KKK hood <laughs> and look at me in the eye and tell me you're not racist. Hey, that's only a double K hood. That's a KK Downing hood. Oh. It's not a KK. Ow, ow. All, All right. right. We're going to, <laughs> so uh, let's go to the, the brand new Slayer. Yes. Repentless. Uh, yes. Just came out this week. I mean, while we're recording this, we're gonna air this in a couple weeks. Uh, and uh, well, I'll leave my opinion. As most of you know, I have not really been that impressed by Slayer after seasons, but Ian has. Ian Ian accepts uh, Slayer being not as good as before. I don't so much. Uh, but is this album going to change my mind? Did they actually do something good for a change? I think maybe we'll see. Uh, that's all I got to say. I listened to this album only twice. Uh, I heard it like a couple days ago, and then I said, let's review it. Let me listen to it a little more thorough today. And I did. My The best way for me to listen to music is either walking with my iPod uh, driving around in my car or cleaning around the house. Both those, I really get into the music really good. And uh, today I got into the Slayer. I think I don't have to listen to it anymore to give you a good uh, review of it because I think I got these songs even just two times. I got it well enough in my system to give you an honest review. Uh, Ian, have you listened to it more than twice? 
Oh yeah, I listened to it. Uh, in fact, today uh, I'd say about five times in its entirety. Five times today alone. Yes. Wow. Yes. I love Slayer. I love Slayer. Hmm. All right. So, so uh, yeah, I feel uh, like some of the songs I might not be able to go like as in depth as we usually do because it's songs we've lived with for years. Yeah, that's so, the beautiful thing about our podcast is that when we review albums, you know, they're older albums that, you know, they're in our DNA. This one's not. They just injected us. So it's still floating around in the bloodstream. It hasn't really connected, but... It's still, this is like what we did with Space Invader. This is a first impression uh, review, which is good. I like first impression reviews. Maybe later, you know, we'll review it again. Yeah, no, I, I, and I'm totally down for that. Uh, it's, it's funny you say that because I saw a post you made about Space Invader. And, uh, you know, you said your opinion hasn't changed. You still love it. And, you know, my opinion hasn't changed either, but... Then again, I probably haven't listened to it as much since then as you, uh, because my you know my opinion hasn't changed. But this is an example of of one that's like a, it's a real fresh review and and would be fun to revisit in the future and see if, if it's changed or not. Just I want uh, I just want to say this too before you go any further because we are going to air this before October first. I want everybody to know that on October first I am going to put up my long-awaited Space Invader review on my Almost Human channel, which uh, people have been, you know, begging me to do for the longest time. Uh, so, uh, I did it last night. It's uploaded. It's on private. But you know what? It, uh, I still love it the same, but my, my, my opinion on some songs are different. They're not worse, but they're different than what I said, because it was a first impression. But I still love the CD as much as I did the first time I heard it. But I do have a couple different um, opinions on songs because now it is officially in my DNA. But enough of that. Go on. Alright, well, uh, let's get into it. This is our first impression and our first review of Slayer Repentless. Yes. Uh, Alright. Yeah, go ahead. Alright, well, let's go into the fucking first track, which is Disillusions of Savior. Uh, an instrumental track. Um, it kind of sounded on Slayer to me. It was a, a little different. Uh, not sure if it should be a separate track, but I did enjoy it. What would you think, Ralph? Uh, I, I have the notes right here, and as you can see, I put on Slayer, just like you. Uh, it's a mid-tempo instrumental. Oh, wow. It's a mid-tempo instrumental. Very unslayer. It's not bad. I actually like it, but and I know this sounds lame. This is and I'll admit it, I'm lame for saying this. It's good, but it's not good for Slayer. And that's not cool to think, but Slayer put themselves in this box that is so awesome that when they venture out of the box, I don't like it. Sometimes I like it. But most of the times I don't. And this is a good example. If it was any other band, I would like it more. And that is very lame on my part. That's what I got to say. But it does go into the next song, which in my opinion is the greatest thing they've done since Born of Fire. All right. Uh, the title track. Goddamn favorite track off the album. This song, when I first heard it a while ago, ripped my head off. I was like, fucking A. Now this is... This is a Slayer song I can fucking, you know, identify with. Because it really did 
capture the essence of Slayer, even though Hanneman and Lombardo ain't there, unfortunately, it is a great fucking song. Now, I also want to say that I really did like the song Pay, Payback from, this, from the album God Hates Us All. This kind of like, you know, I'd have to say, you know, Born of Fire, Payback, and this song right here is fucking amazing. And uh, the intro, I don't know if you noticed this, the way it starts, it reminds me of Over the Wall by Testament. Did you get that vibe? I thought of Over the Wall by Testament. It has almost the same type of riff. Nah. Yeah, check it out next time. It almost has the same type of riff. And the overall vibe of this song kind of reminds me of Toxic Walls a little bit. But better. Yes, better than Toxic Walls, I think. And today they world premiered the video, which was, oh man, was that an amazing fucking video. Did you see that video? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Damn, was it good. And uh, when I saw like the premise, I was like, oh, oh, Slayer wants to be Metallica with St. Anger. Oh no, it's nothing like St. Anger. Yes, they are playing in a prison, but boy, there's some brutality going on. Really fucked up visuals of murders, even decapitations and machetes in it. You know, it's an amazing fucking video. And I also want to say an amazing fucking guitar solo from Gary Holt in this song. I love Replantless. Best track off the album. What do you think? Uh, I, I dig it, man. I love it. This was their uh, their tribute to Hanneman. Uh, Carrie King said he wrote these lyrics to describe how Hanneman lived his life. And, uh, and I love it at first. Though, I mean, this was a grower because the chorus kind of got me. That whole, like, let it ride sounded very unslayer to me. And I wasn't sure of that, but man, on repeated listens, chorus or no chorus, it's slayer to the fucking bone. And that video, holy shit, was that good. I like, uh, and the guy who gets decapitated is, uh, the guy who played Jason in the Friday 13th reboot. I believe he was also in the Hills Have Eyes reboot. Uh, but man, what an amazing video and Machetes in it. Uh, I forget his name right offhand. I can't believe I'm in a brain fart. But great video. Oh yeah, way better than fucking Saiyan Anger. Uh, a great, brutal song. I agree with what you say about Gary Holt's solo. Uh, I wish he was involved more in the writing on this. But uh, as we go on... Maybe it wasn't such a bad thing, but if they do another one, definitely you have to have Gary involved. But Repentless, an amazing track. And then it leads into the next track, which is Take Control. And, and I love this song. It's fast, pounding, it's Slayer. I love it. I mean, it was really, I was like, okay, here we go. This is a good, solid fucking Slayer. What did you think of Take Control? I disagree. I think it's typical Slayer going through the motions. Uh, it's like nothing to see here. Keep moving. Uh, I didn't like the song at all. Uh, Take Control was... I mean, it's like your typical... I don't know. It's like, hey, look. It's, it's something that I don't think they'll even perform live. You know, it's just... Okay, let's just fill up the album. Here's one of the tracks to fill up the album to. So I, I didn't like Take Control. Which takes us to the next song, uh, Vices. Um, you know, I understand Slayer trying to mix it up and try different angles in songs. But for Slayer, it just doesn't work. You know, it's kind of like, 
I don't know. They're like the ACDC of thrash, you know. I mean, for me, if they, they stay in that kick-ass box, it works better for me. But, uh, you know, uh, when they leave the glorious Slayer box, it, it, it fails to me. And this song is a great example of that. I understand it, but I don't like it. Uh, what did you think of Vice? Uh, couldn't disagree more. Uh, I absolutely love this fucking song. Uh, it, it's a song for me. It's about vices. Let's get high. Uh, I love it. I, I'm really like, wow. Every every song is really coming into its own. It keeps a good flow. Uh, absolutely love vices. Love it. Then it goes into the next song, which is Cast the First Stone. And uh, holy shit. Paul Bostoff. I'm sorry, I love Dave Lombardo. Love Dave Lombardo. But I'm not missing him one minute on this fucking album. Because I think Paul Bostoff is fucking crushing on this. And this song is a perfect example. One of my favorite tracks on the album. Cast of First Stone. Classic Slayer. What do you think? I couldn't disagree more. Horrible song. Very forgettable. I do love Paul Bostoff in uh, Forbidden and Testament. I never, you know, to me, I don't know, man. It does. He doesn't have that that organic swing that Lombardo has. He's a great, great drummer, but you know, it's the same thing with you know, it's like uh, uh, like Ronnie James Dio is such a better singer than Ozzy Osbourne, but I prefer Ozzy Osbourne in Black Sabbath because of the organic nature of his voice, and I feel the same way with Slayer. Without Dave Lombardo, it's missing such a great component. Uh, I hate to say this, but, you know, without Hanneman, Repentless is pretty damn good. The song. Uh, okay, goes into the next song, When the Stillness Comes. Uh, I, I believe, you know, I know the first song that came out was Implode, like, like a year ago, but I don't remember it that well. I remember this one more. And I remember I heard it, and I was like, God, Really? This song is like, ugh, it's just boring. I don't like it. I know Carrie came out saying it's one of the greatest songs Slayer ever did. I beg to differ. It's a song that just does absolutely nothing for me. To me, it's just not Slayer, man. It just, it, it's, it's whatever. It sucks. It sucks. That's the best way I can say. Uh, when the stillness comes, it sucks. What do you think? Uh, I hated this at first. Like, like the first day it premiered, I listened to it, I was like, ugh. And all these people were, like, trashed, and I was like, oh, man, I agree. But then I listened to it again, and I don't know if that was something that was, uh, you know, because initially they didn't start with Terry Date, and some of these songs were recorded, like Implode and this song, I believe were recorded before Terry Date. And, man, listening to it now in the context of the album and how it flows, I fucking love it. I hated it at first, man, but now I fucking love this song. And uh, I think it sounds fucking great. To, to, to me, it's, it's, it's classic Slayer. I fucking love it. Then it goes into the next song, which is Chasing Death. Oh, my God. Total fucking pit track. I love this. this one. You get out in the pit and just let it all go. Another one, one of my favorites on the album. And this song, uh, Carrie wrote the song uh, lyrics 
uh, talking about alcoholism, you know, in, in Hanneman and how, like, just some people just, you know, almost like leaving Las Vegas. Like, they just want to die. And uh, I'll tell you what, you know, I, I like to drink a lot, but I don't want to die. You know, I don't believe in no afterlife. I believe this is all I got. And I want to have as much fun as I can. Uh, but I dig this fucking song, Chasing Death. Another awesome song. To me, not a bad song so far. Love it. What do you think of Chasing Death, Ralph? Well, I think it sounds unstructured in parts. Um, kind of goes nowhere, but I do really like the last verse where it goes from there. Like the last part of the song, I really did dig. I like the lyrics. I thought the music was really good. It, it just, everything that came before, like the last part of the song, I, it didn't really do much for me, but I really did love how the song ended. Like, you know, the last minute or so. I thought it was really cool. Um, the next song, Implode, which I don't really recall hearing back in the day, um, because I know this came out a while ago. This song's not bad, actually. I, this one I kind of like. I, 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 I would say it's probably the second best song on it. I, I, I can hang. The lead up to the, the word Implode is a lot like a Damage Plan song. I don't know if you remember this. Damage Plan had a song called Explode. I love it, love it, yeah, love and, that album. Yeah, and it reminds me so much of when Tom goes up to implode, like, blah, 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 implode, you know. Damage Plan did the same damn thing. It reminds me a lot of that. And I didn't like Damage Plan at all, but I did like that song, uh, Explode. I didn't I, like Damage Plan. I couldn't get I, into that. I love that album. I love thought that it. album was just too all over the place. But I did like the song, Explode. I thought that was a good song. But uh, Implode, actually, not bad. I would say it's probably my second, not, you know, maybe not my second favorite, because there's actually another one I like on here, believe it or not. But uh, it's not bad. I, I kind of dig Implode. What'd you think? Uh, this is another one. When I first heard it, I was very underwhelmed. And, and I was scared because this was the first one that let off the album. It was like over a year ago. And I was like, oh... Oh, God, they really, really, maybe it's time to pack it in. But once again, I don't know if it's a different mix than the initial one I heard. Or if it's kind of like uh, when the stillness comes, like hearing it in the context of an album. Loved it. Oh, my God, I fucking love this song. Uh, Carrie King said he wrote for this at the end of the world. <laughs> end of the world. And, uh, and. Fuck it, this is the end of the world, bring it on. Because I fucking really dug this track. Really liked it. And then we lead into Piano Wire. Which, this is a song that was left off of World Hated Blood. Or World Painted Blood, I'm sorry. Uh, that Jeff had a hand in writing. And, uh, man, you can kind of hear that little bit of difference. I'm one of those guys, if, if you listen to the history of Slayer... There's albums that are definitely more Henneman, and there's and there's albums that are definitely more Kerry King, and I definitely lead towards the Henneman albums. Those are my favorite. Like, uh, uh, fuck, what, what is it? Uh, South of Heaven was a very Henneman album, and I absolutely love it. Uh, and and I really like fucking a lot of people hate this, but Diabolus was a Henneman album, and I love Diabolus. Uh, 
And, and I, I get that little bit of vibe on this. I mean, definitely you can tell Hanneman's not there. But I get the vibe in the song. Uh, I really dig it. Really love Piano Wire. I think it's a great track. What do you think, Ralph? Great title. I really love it. You know, when I think of Piano Wire, I think of strangling somebody to death, killing them, you know? Right. Uh, yeah, I, I think that the the title of the song is awesome, but the song itself, I think it's a mid-tempo bore fest. And it's probably my least favorite on the whole album. Uh, I didn't like this one at all. All right, now let me go to the next one. The next one's called Atrocity Vendor. Killer! 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 Fucking song. This one, I was like, this, now this is Slayer. This is Slayer keeping it real Slayer. You know? It was... I, I It's pummeling. It's great. It's the direction I wish they would have... It would continue to go in. Uh, it's just, it's one of the best songs on the album. I really did love Atrocity Vendor. One of the best tracks on here. And uh, hopefully it'll be uh, in their set list because, you know, I might go see them again because of this song alone and Rapalas. Go, what do you think? Well, first of all, you should go see them because I saw them a few months back with Gary Holt and Paul Bostop and they killed it. it. It was amazing. It was a great set list i mean some you know some of those like yeah it's standard but they threw out a couple of oh oh wow you know this song uh i love it. this is slayer by the numbers i mean that's what i wrote slayer by the numbers and i love it i love this so it's, it's the shortest song on the album aside from the instrumental uh intro to the title track um and it is it is slayer through and through absolutely love this song and then it's we, them. It's them actually staying in that Slayer box and making it interesting. Not, you know, staying in the Slayer box and just repeating themselves. They really did like they stayed Slayer to the core, but it didn't bore me. It didn't remind me of another Slayer song. Them ripping themselves off. It's them just being. It's like if you hear this on on like uh, you know, on on uh, seasons or something. You know, like right after. Born of Fire. It would make sense, you know what I mean? That's I, I really, really did like Atrocity Bender a lot. It made me like, you know, smile. It was like, fuck yeah. Now this is Slayer, man. Go ahead. Well there you go. And then we go on the next track, which is You Against You. Um again, I love this song. But this is the one I will say is killer filler. I I could never see this getting played live. Not because I don't like it, but it's just like, okay, it's another song on the album, but I love it. I love this fucking song. Uh, and I think it fits great. This whole album has an amazing flow to me that I'm really, really happy about. Uh, I'm sure you probably fucking hate it. What do you think about You Against You? No, I think it's not bad. I dig it. Not amazing, but not bad. And as you can see in my notes, I said it's passable, and it's like killer filler. Just like <laughs> what you said. Nice. I said the same thing. It's not a bad song. I actually didn't, you know, it didn't make me like hate it like piano wire and stuff like that. Not a bad song. And now we go to the last song. Uh, last song is called Pride and Prejudice. Now uh, here's Slayer trying to be different, and uh, but I actually like this. This is a rare, rare, rare incident where Slayer 
does leave its box. And I liked it. I didn't think it was a bad song. Uh, I say here in my note, uh, you know, it's not Slayer. It's uh, trying to be something different. And, you know, but, but this, uh, you know, this works for me for some reason. For some reason, I like Pride and Prejudice. It was uh, mid-tempo, right? Wasn't it like a, it's like a mid-tempo. It's not a fast song. Uh, but, you know, it wasn't bad. It was, this is the one time Slayer leaves their box that I actually liked it. It's not a bad tune, believe it or not. That's what I feel. What did you think? Uh, I, I dug it. I dug it. Uh, you know, it's the, it's the closer on the album. I might have switched some stuff around to make a different track the closer. Uh, but, man, I, I still love it. And Paul Bostoff is incredible on this track, as he is on the whole album. Uh, I really dug it. Would I have made it the closing track? Not so sure. But man, I really fucking dig this track. I love Pride and Prejudice. Alright, so that's our review of Slayer. And overall, uh, I would say this is probably my favorite Slayer since Seasons. Because it actually has like several songs. Now, I'm not going to bash every Slayer album since because every Slayer album after Seasons, I like the song. I liked Ditto Head. I liked uh, Room, what was it? Room 316, I think it was called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Serenity and Murder was cool. Yeah. I liked, I liked uh, what was that song called? Scrum of Diablos. And that's my least yeah. favorite. That's my least favorite Slayer uh, album was Diablos. But I like Scrum. Then Payback from... Uh, God Hates Us All, uh, what was that one called, um, where Lombardo came back? Um, well, there was Christ, Christ Illusion. Yeah, Christ Illusion. Christ Illusion had uh, Jihad, I think, right? Yeah. Yes. Great song. Um, the last one, World Painted Blood, I can't remember. I really need to revisit the Slayer albums from before, like Christ Illusion, like uh, World Painted Blood. All these albums, I never really gave it a fair shake. I just listened to it once or twice and dismissed it. So I need to go back and listen to those albums because I do own them all. And uh, and then I can, like, maybe there are other songs on there I like. Actually, God Hates Us All, I heard enough. that I, I, I think that one, and I don't know if I want to revisit Diablos, to be honest with you. But World Painted Blood and uh, Christ's Illusion and Divine Intervention, I should I should go back and give those another chance. All right, that's my closing thing on the Slayer, uh, the new Slayer album, Repentless. All right, well, well, for once you said something I agree with totally, is you need to go back and revisit those albums. And, uh, you know, part of my reason for that is the first time I listened to this, I was like, ah. You know, I, I I didn't get it on the first listen. On repeated listens, man, I, I will agree with you this. I think this is their best album since fucking Seasons. And I really dig it. And I think you're going to find more stuff that you like on those other albums. I, I think they're definitely growers. But right out the gate, I think this, this album blows all those away. Once again, the album is released on September 11th which uh, the last time they had one released on September 11th was the infamous September 11th, 2001, God Hates Us All, 
which I think I mentioned in our uh, South of Heaven inter- uh, episode. Even with all that shit going on, I still went to Best Buy to buy the new Slayer. Because I was like, fuck it. If the world's ending, I want the new fucking Slayer. And I also remember, I, well, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure Dream Theater released uh, live in New York. Yes. yes. And that album cover had an apple, and you see the Twin Towers with fire. Right, but I believe, I believe that came out the week before. Oh, okay. But they pulled it because of that. And I own it. I do have it. Right. I uh, have the original version. But uh, this album was produced by Terry Date, which is, I'm so awesome. Somebody is using Terry Date, one of my favorite producers of all time. And I think this is the best sounding album uh, they, they've done since uh, Seasons of the Abyss. And I would say, as of right now, this is my album of the fucking year. I love every track. Uh, the only other songs I think are con- in contention for album of the year is the brand new Uncle Acid and the Deadbeats album, the Night uh, Night Creeper, and Exodus, Blood In, Blood Out. So far, I think those are the albums of the year, but right now, this is in the fucking top spot. I really really like this album and I had as we're recording this I've had a horrible week a horrible day and this Slayer album was exactly what I fucking needed like five times in a row Uh, and I really really fucking dig it so far my album of the year Uh, so far uh, as of now because the uh, month of the year ain't over my album of the year so far is the new Armored Saint Uh, win hands down uh, I that was a pick of my uh, pick a week I had a few episodes ago, but uh, that's my favorite. And a close second is uh, the Sweet Lynch album. I really love that album. I I still listen to that album a lot. I think that was it's a damn shame. I don't think there's ever th- going to be a a second one or something. But you know, a lot of people that have heard that album I see online, they all love it. A lot of people love that album. Uh, it's, so. it's a good album. I agree. I agree. I think it's a great fucking album. I mean, George Lynch is like has become such a whore making fucking albums with millions of people, you know. But this one is like, I mean, it was really, really good. But um, enough of that. Uh, do you have a pick of the week? Because believe it or not, I have one. But maybe you want oh. to say something before pick of the week. Oh, holy shit. Holy shit, this has been such a crazy day. I forgot to do Pick of the Week and Fan of the Week. Holy fuck. Okay, so, well, I have... Oh, I have a Fan of the Week, too. All right, well, you do Fan of the Week and do Pick of the Week, and I'll think of one. Okay, my Pick of the Week is uh, because, you know, we were talking about this earlier, uh, Forbidden, the band Forbidden, their first album, Forbidden Evil. Oh, my God, that one is so... Great album. If you, Great album. Amazing. Amazing album. Just picture Bay Area thrash with Rob Hofford type vocals. You have like a really great singer that can hit killer highs with this pummeling new way, uh, the, the Bay Area thrash. Paul Bostoff is just mind-blowing. Russ on, on vocals. Uh, Russ Anderson, amazing, amazing singer. You know, just punch up Chalice of Blood or uh, Through Eyes of Glass or the title track or, you know, that whole album, man. Fucking from beginning to end. I love it. Feel No Pain. 
Great, great fucking album. That is my pick of the week is Forbidden with their first album, which was actually the name of the band called Forbidden Evil. I don't know why they changed it to Forbidden. Maybe because there was another band called Forbidden. But go ahead. That's my pick of the week. All right. Well, that is an awesome pick of the week. That is an incredible album that I really encourage people to check out. Uh, Man, if you love thrash... Man, get your ass on our Amazon link and check that out because that is an amazing album. Uh, my pick of the week is something totally different, uh, but nonetheless awesome. And that is the Jeff Beck album, Truth. It's the, it's the first album by the Jeff Beck group, and on vocals is none other than Rod Stewart, but it's not the Rod Stewart you're used to. It's very bluesy, very heavy. Ron Wood of the Faces and the Rolling Stones is actually playing bass on the album. Uh, just an amazing... I mean, if you like you know, Led Zeppelin 1 and shit like that, like bluesy hard rock, check out Truth. Because it is, it is the fucking truth. And it is amazing fucking bluesy hard rock album. All-time classic, probably one of the best things Jeff Beck ever did, and I'm a huge Jeff Beck fan, so that's saying a lot. I really dig it. Check it out, Jeff Beck Truth. All right, now we're gonna go into fan of the week. Yes. And I got I got a fan of the week, and this one is very special. And this person told me something that was like, "Wow, man, that was one of the greatest things I ever achieved." Is what this uh, person told me. Our fan of the week is. Uh, Somebody called Aaron Bayer. Uh, yes, I, I, yes, yes. I, I think I'm uh, pronouncing his last name right, right? It's B-A-H-R. Uh, young yep. young kid, young boy. Uh, I don't, not quite sure how old he is. I remember one time I said he was, you know, a very young age. And he goes, no, I'm not that young. But he is very young. And he told me, because the other day, you know, I saw him, you know, joining in the conversations. And, uh... I made a little post about him just to say, you know what, man? I really like this kid, Aaron Bear. He's a cool kid. He's like, you know, he's not a little drama kid. Because, you know, we've had our problems with these young kids that are just such jagoffs. But this is a well-behaved, good kid that you can tell he's got killer parents. Unlike some of you jagoffs that we had to delete off our page because your parents suck. Aaron's got good parents. You can tell. Hey, that rhyme. Aaron's got good parents. Aaron's got... Anyway, he said that if it wasn't for me and my Kiss reviews, he'd probably be into hip-hop now and gangsta and talking like, you know, yo, nigga, nigga, you know, how the white guy, how the white Ebonic guys are. Uh, Aaron said, because of Kiss, my Kiss reviews, he got into Kiss, and what better gateway drug... Gateway drug. Listen to me. What better gateway to hard rock and metal than Kiss. Yes. You know, they're like the ultimate gateway band. Yes, they are. And he really, yeah, he really dug my Kiss reviews and that got him into, you know, other other bands. And uh, he's a great kid, man. He's been around for a while. I've, he's been on, I think it's been like two years, you know. And, and you see like these topics come up and he joins in. And I'll give you another funny thing about Aaron. This happened a couple years ago. When I did... The review for Peter Chris's uh, All for One on the Almost Human channel, which 
it's a bizarre review. If you haven't seen it, uh, I advise you see it. But there is a part in that video that's extremely risque that I even warn people going, you know, this ain't for young kids. And then Aaron actually asked me, can I see it? And I said, no, Aaron, promise me, don't watch it. <laughs> promise me, don't watch it. And Aaron wrote back, I won't. <laughs> so cool. I love that kid, man. Aaron Bear, you are the fan of the week. You rule. Yes. That is my. Okay. All right. So uh, that's, uh, hey, hey, what do you think of this show? Uh, I came up with pick of the week first, and I came up with a fan of the week. Wow. That shows you how fucked up I am. Awesome. Yeah, it shows you how fucked up your week has been. Yeah, it's been a bad one. But uh, but great album. I love talking about it. But let's get into what we have to pimp out. And uh, first and foremost, just like our fan of the week, you should be on our Facebook page. Holy shit. Over 1,100 people already. And a lot of people very active daily. I try to keep up with it Monday through Friday. Ralph pokes his head in there every once in a while and Oh, I spammed the fuck out of it the other day. Oh, yes, you did with the Ozzy. I love that was fun. Uh, there's total, total Ozzy worship I did the other day. But, uh, yeah, definitely, if you're not a member, fucking join up. You just send a request, and we'll let you on board, and you can enjoy all the craziness. Of course, check us out on podbean.com. That is our home station for the podcast. And uh, also go on iTunes. I went off on a rant a couple weeks ago. Uh, God damn it, a lot of you are listening to, listen to the show on iTunes. Leave a fucking review. If you can't be bothered to fucking type a review, at least give a five-star rating for fuck's sake. Uh, but yeah, man, check it out. And, and if, uh, if you're nice enough, leave a goddamn fucking review. Of course, there's that metalstation.com, which we are on twice a week, Saturdays at 11 a.m. Eastern. I'm sorry, 7 uh, p.m. Oh, shit, fuck. What time is it? I don't know. I think our time just got changed. Anyway, we're on Sundays and fucking Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Go on that metal station. Check it out. Uh, they've kind of revamped the station, added all kinds of new tunes, all kinds of shit. Check it out, man. Uh, if you're not listening to this shit, you need to be listening to that metal station. And if you're an aspiring DJ, contact Scott Green because they're looking for new DJs. A listener on our show, Mike Tyler, the amazing Mike Tyler, has two shows on that metal station that are going through the roof. And he credits us for, like, if it wasn't for you guys, I wouldn't be doing this, and we're so humbled by that. His nephew has a new show, I believe, that's on Wednesdays. So check that shit out. Get your ass on that metalstation.com. Also, check us out on the Indie Authority, where you can hear us Saturday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern. And Indie Authority has all kinds of different shit. Go on their website. They got music, movies, all kinds of stuff. All different kinds of shows. A lot of the shows that we like, they're now on Indie Authority as well. So check it out. Also, check out some other podcasts we really love. Of course, got to give props to the Decibel Geek Podcast, The Rock Show with Gully and Joe, Podcast with the great Ken Mills, uh, Mars Attacks with Victor Ruiz. I got I hope I'm saying that fucking right. Mars Attacks. Man, they've had some really great episodes lately. Uh, Kiss Three Science 3, uh, 3000, I always want to say. Another great show. 
And uh, while you're at it, check out our YouTube page, Rocket Metal Combat Podcast, all one word. Amazing visual uh, episodes. You know, it's not us talking, you know, you're like pictures of us, that would suck. But Ralph does all this shit with great pictures and videos. It's a, it's the ultimate way to enjoy your favorite episodes, is to go on the YouTube page. And also, there's also links to Ralph's incredible band, whose new album's coming out soon, Thrash or Die, and his other band, Combat. Go on Facebook and, you know, like it, become part of the shit. Man, I know everybody here cannot wait for the new Thrash or Die album. Because uh, it already leaked the cover. Oh, my God, one of the best metal covers of all time is that album. I can't. Thank you, thank you. I cannot wait to own a phys- physical copy. And I am going to pay for mine. Which I, Awesome. I, I know Ralph would send me one for free, but that's not the fucking point. Because this guy puts his heart, blood, and soul into everything he does. And he deserves some fucking compensation. And I'm gonna, yeah. I'm going to pay for that album. And I'm going to enjoy the fuck out of it. I know that. Thank you, Ian. And plus, uh, it will really help because I need to buy a whole new uh, central air system that's going to cost me $3,000. That's, Thank that's you. right. And also, there are some incredible musicians on that album who do not have the greatest job. Like, Ralph's got a good job. Ralph's very lucky. Uh, but the other guys in the band, not so much. But they fucking put their blood, sweat, and tears, and emotions into that music as much as everybody else, and they deserve some compensation. So please, I urge all of you, once it's available, please buy the new Thrash or Die album. It's, it, I just it's I just also want to say, Ian, that uh, out of everything I've done, this is by far the proudest thing I've ever done musically. Uh, hopefully I can top it, but if I'm not, if I can't, then I, I'll be okay. But man, I am so proud of the new Thrasher Die. Every single song. I'm very proud of Poser Holocaust. Don't get me wrong. I love that album. I love every song, single song off Poser Holocaust. I love every single song off the Combat EP. But this one, I just feel like, wow, I really did achieve something. Musically, and uh, my vocals on it, because I quit smoking, uh... Or, you know, I, I do some stuff that I didn't even think I was capable of doing. And I can't wait to all you guys to hear it. It is mind-blowing. And I feel like it might explode, man. It's that good. Thank you. Well, I, I believe in you. And, and I know, you know, everything you do, you do to the, to the best. And, uh, hey, who knows? Maybe this could top Slayer for my album of the year. But, uh... Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's actually... Well, I'm biased. It is definitely my album of the year. Fuck that. Fuck Armored Sane and Sweet uh, Lynch Sweet. This is better. But I'm biased. All right. Well, definitely, though. When it comes out, show your support. Please buy the album. So we got a little bit of time left for music. What do you say we get into some tunes? All right. Let's, uh, now I'm going to go back way back to the 70s. That can hold up to any heaviness. This is uh, a band that... You might have heard of. They're from Canada. They're called Rush. And uh, this is their first album with Neil Peart. Or Pert. And uh, this is like... This is already them... Uh, you hear a little bit of the early Rush. The first album. But this is them getting progressive too. This is a fast, heavy tune. I love this song. It's called Beneath, Between, and Behind. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
Rush, early ass rush. You gotta love that stuff, man. Well, some of you gotta. Some people can't get past that high shrieking Getty Getty Lee voice, but I don't mind it. Uh, great stuff, man. I can never get sick of that tune or any '70s Rush, for that matter. Uh, all right, now it's your turn, Ian. All right, I'm going back to the '80s, 1982 to be specific. Off of their 1982 album Blackout, this is the Scorpions with China White.
That was Scorpions with China White. Excellent choice there, Ian. Uh, we talk, want to talk about a deep track right there. You know, uh, so heavy, man. That's a heavy-ass song. I don't believe Love. they ever played that live. Really? I don't think so. That, that's a shame. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. Anyway, okay, I'm going to go with a, a, a fucking amazing guitar player, solo artist. And I know you know this. Because I remember one time I had the album out and you saw it on webcam going, I love that album. Like, I love Ruben De La Rosa. I love that guy. The album's called Bridge of Size. Yeah. Robin Trower. Robin Trower. Amazing album, too. Highly recommend this album. I, You know what I really love about this album? How it kicks off, man. You cannot go wrong with this song. Oh, no. This song's called Day of the Eagle.
All right, that was Robin Schrauer with Day of the Eagle. Love that damn song. Love that uh, damn album. You're uh, good... I'll, tell you, Go ahead. I'll tell you a little known fact. On Down's first tour, they did a really short tour after the first album came out. They would play a little bit of Bridge of Size. And that's fucking awesome. I would uh, love to see them do that again. The song, Bridge of Size? Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah, uh, you know, incredible. Armored Saint covered Day of the Eagle. On which album? Um, what was the name of that album that was kind of like a compilation? Ode to the Old School. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I got that. I believe they did Never Satisfied on there, too. And uh, shit, let me play an Armored Saint song that is actually... It, it was originally off The Decline of Western Civilization, Part 2. The and Metal then, Years. But they also put it on some deluxe edition of Ode to the Old School. Uh, yes. That was on this too. I love the hell out of the song. And listen to his vocals. I believe it in verse two when he screams, what was yours is now mine. Holy crap. That's one of the greatest, sickest screams I've ever heard. John Bush rules, man. And so does this hell fucking yeah. band. So underrated. In my opinion, the most underrated heavy, heavy metal band from the 80s, Armored Saint. And this song is called, You Can Run, But You Can't Hide. You can't run.
right, that was Armored Saint with You Can Run, You Can't Hide. Hell yeah. Like that one, Ian? Yeah, yeah. I like how you get all those picks. That's nice. What do you mean by that? You just did two picks in a row. You oh, skipped me. Whoops, whoopsie doodle. All right, off of what a lot of people consider the last masterpiece from Danzig, and it was the last album for the original Danzig band. One of my favorite albums, one of my favorite tracks. This opens up the album. This is Brand New God. I am awoke and screaming hell A thing of torture to behold This never section splits my soul A thing of torture to behold
that was the mighty midget Glenn Danzig with Brand New God. Awesome. I'm going to play a song that I'm sure Glenn Danzig hates just to keep our show kick-ass. Nice. This, from a band I'm sure he fucking hates. This band is called Motley Crue. <laughs> and this is a song that, you know, I pride on throwing out the rare ones. And this song, I, I, I don't know when it was recorded, but boy, I, I would bet it's during the Shot at the Devil sessions. Because it's very Shot at the Devil sounding. And if you listen to the chorus, Vince sounds a lot like Klaus Mine on the chorus of this song. This song rules. It's off the 1999 Supersonic and Demonic whatever. I don't have the title in front of me. Supersonic and, and Demonic Relics or some shit like that. Yeah, something like that. And uh, this song is called Sinners and Saints. That was Motley Crue with Sinners and Saints. What do you got? Oh, I've got another band in L.A., and uh, I'm eternally grateful for you turning me on to this album because I think it fucking rules. Off of Armored Symbol of Salvation, this is Rain of Fire.
that was John Bush and the boys with Reign of Fire off the Symbol of Salvation Army. Or some Symbol <laughs> of Salvation Army. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Oops. Well, it's right next to Army of Anyone on my iTunes. <laughs> Symbol of Salvation album. All right. What you got, Ralph? I'm going to play something now from my all-time favorite singer. And this is a rare tune, but believe it or not, this album is going to be re-released with this song that's never been heard before. I mean, it has. It's up on YouTube. But the uh, the singer of this band is called Dr. Fuck. <laughs> My all-time favorite singer. And uh, Thrash Corner Records is putting out Poser Holocaust with bonus tracks. And this is one of the bonus tracks on there that's not on the original. Uh, and it's actually a cover song from a band called Lord Tracy that features Terry Glaze that used to be the singer of Pantera. Nice. But this is our version of their song, Piranha, where we we change the middle section and we actually throw in riffs of Exodus's Piranha. So uh, I'll let myself introduce this song. Here we go. was my all-time favorite singer right there me you heard how long I, I held that last 
that last note on there, that was like a good, I think, what was that, 10 seconds or even more? I'm amazing. God damn it. Anyway, that was Thrasher Die, and the new Thrasher Die is coming out very soon, kids. All right, so uh, what do you got, Ian? All right, this is off their last studio album before they broke up, and well, still, I think it's been their last studio album of new material. Originally, it was going to be a solo album, but it ended up being a Twisted Sister album. And I happen to love this song. This is the first track. This is Wake Up the Sleeping Giants.
All right, that was D in the Mighty TS with Wake Up the Sleeping Giants. What's next? Uh, awesome. I'm going to go back a ways. This is, uh, oh, man, classic. They should just rename this song Classic. This is off, uh, I can't remember the year. It may have been 81, 82. Uh, from the album Fire Down Under. This is Riot. And this is meant to be played very fucking loud. This song is called Outlaw.
That was Riot with Outlaw off the album Fire Down Under. And oh, if you like that song, you need to get on the Amazon link on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast Podbean page and buy this album because if you like that song, you're going to love this album. If you don't own this album and you don't like that song, buy it anyway because it'll grow on you like a fungus. Everybody should own Fire Down Under. Buy two copies and give it to someone you love. Yeah, there you go. All right, Ian just ran to the bathroom, so I'm going to take advantage of this and end the show with something very special. Since it was a Slayer episode, I figured I'd play you when Thrasher Die did a Slayer tribute show and we played Evil Has No Boundaries. So here it is, man, live in Fort Lauderdale back in, I think it was 2013. My band, me. Thrasher Die doing Slayer's classic, Evil Has No Boundaries. Actually, this is personally my favorite Slayer album. It's called Show No Mercy. I love Rain and Blood, don't get me wrong. I worship Rain and Blood. But for me, it's all about the Metal Blade years. His favorite is Halloween. Mine is Show No Mercy. And this is the first track of the first Slayer album. It's called Evil. Wait, 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 wait. Before we do it, where's Paulo? It's here for Paulo, man. This song is called Evil Has No
hope you enjoyed that episode and hope you enjoyed our fresh brand new opinion of the Slayer album. And if you think this shit was great, wait till next week. Holy shit. A returning guest, Cronus, the lead singer from Venom, will be here next week when we talk about the second album from Warren Cherry Pie. Wow. I don't even remember Cronus was on our show, huh? Yeah, yeah. You, you were drunk. No, I don't think I was drunk. I think that may have been the week that that priest molested me, and I blocked that whole week out of my 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 head. Well, there you go. Just like that season of Dallas, it's gonna be fresh. Crow, thank you. Cronus and Warrant. Where else you're gonna hear that? But only here next week on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Thanks for listening to Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. All rights reserved, Ian Wadley. Any use of this show without express written permission, I will give Terrence Reardon your phone number, bitch. <laughs> I love that.